someone that goes through school for accounting is going to be fairly decent at that stuff. You can always hone your skills. But um, I think what really sets me apart and sets me up to be excellent in this role is my ability to build relationships with people. And I think that's something that a lot of accountants more struggle with. Um, But I'm able to uh, work with these supervisors and they know they can come to me for questions. They know that um, if they're struggling on what they should do with something, they can ask me. Welcome to the Edge of Excellence podcast. This show is for current and aspiring leaders that are dedicated to showing up every day in their lives with excellence. We break down the careers of those excelling so you can understand what is out there and how to rise up in every field you choose. Let's get the show on the road, shall we? Your host has spent his life promoting global entrepreneurship, helping 20-somethings find their passion and working to help others achieve excellence. CEO of CollegeWorks, Matt Stewart. Welcome to the Edge of Excellence podcast. On today's show, we have Marissa Wiegand. Marissa went to school in Illinois and joined Caterpillar soon after college. Marissa's going to talk about how to succeed in the accounting career. She's going to talk about how it's difficult to learn when it's not hard. You'll hear about the small pool she was in in high school and how she was able to look at her peers on a bigger level. And she's going to talk about what it takes to develop management skills that you can apply in the accounting industry. So we're very lucky to have Marissa with us today, and we look forward to her insights on the Edge of Excellence podcast. Well, Marissa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for making time from your busy career at Caterpillar and your growing family to meet with us today and share your advice. Yeah, I'm super, super excited to be talking with you, Matt. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. I did break my arm not skiing this weekend, uh, washing up for lunch, which is so sad. So now I have uh, three blown discs in my back, a broken arm and two broken shoulders. So I'm not doing too well health-wise, but I feel fantastic. And I'm glad to be talking to you today and listening to how well you're doing in life. Uh, I'm going to get started. Uh, and, and, you know, I went through your bio, um, and we'll have the bio on our site as well. You got a master's degree. At the same time, you got your BA. Uh, You came out in four and a half years, got your CPA, and studied for all that time, and ended up with this great job at Caterpillar, um, running a huge portion of their IT department. I know that uh, you're launching your travel blog. Uh, For people that are interested in uh, learning more about you, where will they be able to find your travel blog? Yeah, so I'm. I'm still working on that, but if they just want to follow me on Instagram, that's probably where I would link it. So my Instagram is just my first and last name, Marissa Wiegand. All right, perfect. Um, well, let's get started. And why don't you tell me what your definition of excellence? Yeah, so I would say excellence is far surpassing a standard or expectations that have been set for you. Um, so basically, striving to reach the highest potential for yourself. So. Um, you said set for you, expectations set for you. So the excellence far surpassing standards, um, striving to reach the highest potential. The expectations piece is strange. Who set the expectations for you? 
Yeah, I think um, expectations can be set by a lot of people, right? I think there's just general societal expectations for high school and college students. I think there's expectations to get into a college or to get a job. And then there's different expectations for if you want to get the best job or if you want to get a promotion. Um, So I think there's different standards of expectations and they are set by everyone. But I guess it depends on who's you want to look at. Well, that's interesting because when I asked you the question, I was thinking, no one's going to set expectations for me. I set my own expectations. I have my own standards of excellence. But yeah, you're right. Caterpillar had expectations for who they wanted to hire. Um, Every company does. Uh, Parents might have expectations. So you kind of combined all those things together and had a set of expectations for yourself that you distilled out of everyone else's expectations. Why did you decide to exceed them? Yeah. So I guess from a young age, I've always just really wanted to exceed for myself. But um, also, I guess just from a common sense standpoint, I've realized that um, back in college and even back in high school, I realized that not everyone that goes to college gets a job. Not everyone that goes to college gets a job in their major. And not everyone that goes to college that gets a job in their major gets the best job. And if I wanted the best job, then I was going to have to far exceed those expectations and far exceed what all of my peers were doing. I'm glad my phone went off while you weren't talking there. Holy moly, why is that not silence? We'll have the editors take this whole section out. Um, so let's go back to uh, high school with you uh, for you. What was high school like? What was life like? I know you come from a small town. Why don't you tell the listeners uh, what life was like for you in high school? Yeah, so um, in high school, I was an overachiever for sure. I did everything. I was really outgoing. You could say I liked being important. I don't know. I really thrived, I guess, um, leading people and being around a lot of people. So I was the president of student council, cheerleading captain. Um, held a couple part-time jobs, head above a 4.0, you get the idea. Um, I also kept busy with friends. I started dating my husband my freshman year of high school. And then the rare times I was home, I helped watch my five younger siblings. So high school was super busy, Um, (laughs) but I was in such a small school. I felt like it was easy for me to stand out. Um, There wasn't, you know, uh, I would cut that. I don't know. <laughs> so in high school, um, it was easy for you to stand out. The, the pool you were swimming in was small. How did you see yourself? You just listed off all these things that you've done. Sounds pretty excellent to me. Did you see yourself as on the edge of excellence back then? Yeah, I guess in high school, I did see myself as kind of a big fish in a small pond. So it was really easy to um, exceed those expectations and push over the edge of excellence. But uh, I guess that changed a little bit once I got into college and was in that bigger arena. And when you're in high school, what did you want to do for a living? Did you have a professional goal then? Yeah, I went back and forth in high school. I went back and forth. Um, I had a little bit of time where I wanted to be a math teacher, uh, but then I really switched between being a lawyer or an accountant once I hit my uh, accounting class. Okay. And so how did you decide on accounting instead of law or these other items? I just really, really enjoyed my accounting class and really exceeded in it. 
I mean, it came super easy to me. A lot of subjects in high school came fairly easy to me, but I I just enjoyed my accounting class. So I thought that would be at least a, a good place to start when I went to college. You know, it's so hard for college students. You're sitting at home, mom's cutting the crust off your bread. You <laughs> leave your room a mess. Someone miraculously cleans it. All the bills are paid. And then you're thrown into this pool of college. Um, and, and many times people have career goals and they are not like it. You know, they want to be an accountant, but they hate the accounting classes. Uh, yeah. how, how did you finally come around to deciding, you know, this is right for me. I will love this forever. Was it just those classes that you were liking or what did you make the choice that this was your professional goal? Yeah. So um, at the beginning of college, I kept enjoying my accounting classes, um, really liked them, but uh, actually towards the end of my accounting classes, so my senior and my grad school year, accounting classes got super hard. I mean, grad level accounting classes weren't a joke. And for the first time um, in school, I was feeling really challenged and I wasn't sure I wanted to be an accountant. I had just done several sales or management internships through College Works, and I started to think, huh, maybe that would be a better route for me. But I decided to stick with it because I had invested so much in my bachelor's and master's degrees and the time I spent studying and decided that I would at least give it a shot. There was nothing that was going to be lost if I spent two years um, as an accountant and then decided that I wanted to go into sales or management. So I decided that I would at least start in accounting. And then if I didn't like it, I knew I had the uh, skills in the sales management recruiting area that I could go back and find another really great job in one of those areas. Okay. Interesting. So uh, and I know you did the College Works internship. Did we do it best um, back in the day when you worked here? I don't think so, no. Now, nowadays, I'll, I'll uh, find people and help them figure out their career scientifically by doing a disc test. And, you know, someone wants to be an accountant, I can say, no, 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 you're going to hate accounting or that's a perfect job for you. So you kind of got lucky, but, you know, it's the same thing in the gut. The disc test tells you scientifically what your gut is already telling you. Um, you mentioned all these things that you did in high school to get yourself in college and to set yourself apart from all your peers in high school. In college, uh, what did you do to separate yourself? Yeah, so in college, I was definitely a little shy at first. I wasn't quite sure where I fit in at the beginning of my freshman year. And so I would say that first semester, I I kind of wasted that potential that I had built up in high school. I mean, I still studied, got good grades. I maybe joined a club and I was hitting everyone's expectations for myself or like that they had for me, but I wasn't exceeding the expectations that I had for myself. And it really hit me like a train when I was sitting in chemistry class the second semester of my freshman year. And I had been thinking about, you know, how am I going to set myself apart, but didn't know how to do it. I knew it was hard for a freshman to get an internship. And, and so just was feeling like I, I didn't know how I was going to do that. And my boss for the year, JP, walked in. He talked about this internship through College Works Painting. And I thought to myself, that sounds really cool. That's going to help me get set apart. If there's any chance I can get that internship as a freshman, I know that would help me exceed those expectations. And so 
I signed up, you know, to be put on a list for, for getting called for an interview, um, got called for the interview and I was a little nervous. Um, I knew it was going to be a ton of work, but I also knew that was going to be the best way to set myself apart. So I signed up and, uh, worked my butt off for six months. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the edge was just, you know, one moment, but, uh, rather doing that internship for, for six months. So you said something interesting in there, and I don't know if you caught it. Like I beat you up a little bit on the expectations, and you kind of showed me the light that really there's expectations coming at us from all over the place. When you just described your college situation, you suggested that maybe your expectations on yourself were actually higher than all the external expectations. Did that happen in college, um, or was it already there in high school? I would say for myself, it probably was in high school already. I know that's not true for everyone, but um, I liked exceeding ex- like my own expectations in high school and knew I wanted to keep doing the same thing in college and after. All right. So now you're working at, at Caterpillar. Are you surprised by where you're at at such a young age? Yes and no, I guess I would say. Um, yes, because... If you look at most people my age, or I don't even want to say most, but a lot of people my age, uh, they still live at their parents' house or they live in an apartment and party and then work a part-time job or even a full-time job, but not what they expected out of college. But I guess after I did the College Works internships and was super involved in different student organizations in college um, and was in leadership leadership positions for some of those, um, as well as doing a couple internships with Caterpillar, I knew that I could do something like this. Now, um, if you had asked me as a senior in college, if I was going to be managing the budget for $200 million annually for the IT groups, I didn't know that I was going to be doing that. Um, that was a little surprising to me that they would, I guess, trust, uh, fairly fresh out of college student with that much um, responsibility. But I would say overall, I knew I set myself up for something like this. Okay. So uh, you're not surprised. You've been on this path for a while. Uh, I think it's important to pull out that uh, you you kept changing the bar on yourself. You can, you can reach the expectations. You can lower them. You can raise them. Uh, so you kept raising the bar on yourself. And you're on this path and you saw where you were headed. What's different than what you expected about your your job? So what's different? I guess um, that's a tough question, Matt. I guess the first difference I would say is in college, as I was in my senior and grad level hard accounting classes, I thought I was going to be very in the books, um, just like looking at numbers all day long. Uh, what people typically think of an accountant, I guess. But now uh, I'm in my second role at Caterpillar and I talk to people a lot, actually. Um, I'm meeting regularly with 42 different supervisors, managers, (laughs) managers. I meet regularly with Kat's chief information security officer. I didn't think I would be doing something like that. And I'm giving them advice. I mean, I'm advising them on how to make sure they maintain forecast accuracy. Whereas before I thought, you know, someone would be giving me what I needed to do. I'd make a journal entry and that's it kind of thing. Um, 
So I just have a lot more responsibility and I'm advising people a lot more than I expected to be at such a young age, I guess. And some people in accounting uh, do have that other job you were describing that are just doing journal entries, being told what to do. And you said that uh, you were going to try this accounting thing out for a couple of years. If it didn't work out, you would get into sales and or management. So yeah. did you, did the accounting thing work out and you got into management and sales sort of? I guess I would say sort of. Um, I'm definitely not in like a traditional sales or management role. I'm not managing people under me per se. Um, I'm more of in a consulting accounting mix, I, if that makes sense. Um, I guess some of the things that, you know, you typically wouldn't expect an accountant to be good at, um, like, you know, building trust with people or um, having to ask those hard questions, skills that you would think of for a sales or a management person are skills I do need here. But uh, it's not a typical sales or management role. Are you enjoying the show thus far? We go through so many resources and links with this podcast, it's tough to keep up. I get it. That's why Matt and the rest of the team put together the Edge of Excellence Bundle. In it, you'll find different tools that relate to overarching themes and topics of the show. Things like disk assessment tools, time management strategies and tactics, stress and anxiety management tools, exclusive videos and episodes from this podcast that is not released anywhere else, and so much more. The best part? As a valued listener of the show, you can access the Edge of Excellence bundle 100% for free of charge. That's right, for simply being awesome and tuning in. To get access, all you have to do is go to www.collegeworks.com podcast and fill out the short form there for us to get the bundle over to you. Once again, it's www.collegeworks.com podcast. Now, back to the show. Okay, so you, you get your accounting degree, you get your master's, you get all the different CPA certifications, and you come into this company, Caterpillar. Well, many of our, our listeners, and, and I know you know how this goes, they're young. They don't know what's out there. So take a second just to tell us you know, what you do, uh, what exactly the day-to-day looks like. And you know, we, we talked about the management skills. We talked about the leadership skills. We talked about the confidence. What skills do they need to develop before they try to get the job that you have or a similar job to what you Yeah. So currently, like I said, this is my second role at Caterpillar. My first role um, was a very basic entry level role where I was making journal entries. I was a legal entity accountant. Now I'm in more of a budgeting, forecasting, um, consulting role. And uh, I guess to back it up a minute, I said I work for Caterpillar, which um, just put it in perspective for I guess people that don't live in central Illinois, like I do, uh, it's the world's largest construction equipment manufacturer and a fortune 100 company, which is pretty cool. Um, because most of their offices are about 30 minutes from me. And what I do is I manage or I help manage the budgets for the it group at Caterpillar. So roughly, um, what I end up managing is about $200 million annually. So my biggest budget is CAT Cybersecurity Group, and 
to help them, I meet regularly with their supervisors. And I guess my job is to work with these people and maintain great relationships with them um, and give them advice so that way they can maintain forecast accuracy to make sure Caterpillar stays on budget and knows how much money will be spent. Um, because if you just let these IT supervisors Caterpillar how much money would be spent, they would say a lot of, a lot of money. <laughs> um, they could think of projects all day, every day, um, but I help them be more realistic. I um, have to challenge them, ask them the right questions to know exactly what's going on, when exactly things will get spent, when things are going to get invoiced, and that it's being done um, right per different accounting rules. So that's kind of what I do, I guess, in terms of skills that are needed and, and what you need to be excellent at to get a job like mine or to be great at a job like mine. Um, you do have to be great at analysis and have the budgeting skills and knowledge. But I think for the most part, someone that goes through school for accounting is going to be fairly decent at that stuff. You can always hone your skills, but um, I think what really sets me apart and sets me up to be excellent in this role is my ability to build relationships with people. And I think that's something that a lot of accountants more struggle with, um, but I'm able to uh, work with these supervisors and they know they can come to me for questions. They know that... Um, if they're struggling on what they should do with something, they can ask me. Um, and the other thing is my, I guess, I'm not afraid to ask the hard questions from them, which is super important in this role because someone else in my role, they may um, just take the supervisor's face or like they may take the supervisor's first answer at face value, um, but the supervisor didn't give much thought to that first answer, I guess, if that makes sense. So really challenging them on that to make sure that the right thing does happen and we have the right understanding of it. Well, there's a lot there. I want to, the, uh, the relationship piece. So when I was a kid, I used to go to England <laughs> with my grandparents because my mother was from England. And one time my dad, and I remember looking him looking in the back of the car, he said, you watch your grandfather. Watch how great he is at building and maintaining relationships. And I did, and I decided, hey, I want to be good at that too. Um, and as you were talking, I started thinking, wow, that's a big part of business. They have to respect your opinion. They have to uh, uh, appreciate your EQ, which you have a really high EQ. There's all this relationship element to having any job. Uh, how did you figure out um, the importance of relationships and how did you develop the skill set? Yeah, so um, I think there were a lot of things that went into it, but some of the most transferable skills are what I improved on most in college work. So um, my ability to build trust with people like I said, is very important. And that's something I learned through having clients as a freshman in high school or freshman in college. Yikes. Um, no one should trust a freshman in high school. But, <laughs> they probably shouldn't um, trust a freshman in college either, but they do. Probably they do. not, but they yeah. do. And um, I think that ability really had to grow fast because uh, most of my clients at College Works were people that I had met for the first time. I was an 18-year-old girl that had knocked on their door in the snow, 
I weighed like a hundred pounds and they were going to trust me to paint their house or, you know, hire a crew to do it. But, um, I definitely didn't look like the typical contractor. I didn't have the background knowledge of a typical contractor until I went through college works as training. And so I really had to learn quick how to build those relationships and, and get them to trust me. And, um, I think that was one of the most valuable things that I improved on through college works. And you said in your definition of excellence, um, striving to reach your highest potential. And I asked you uh, before, you know, when did you figure out you were on this edge of excellence? You were pretty much there all your life. Uh, then you get into this college works program and you're doing stuff that most accountants wouldn't really think about doing to help with their accounting. You're going to go into accounting. You're going to go into medicine. You're going to go into psychology. Why would you ever, you know, take up sales or take up management. Uh, interesting to see how it all has parlayed into your career. Uh, what did your friends think of what you were doing when you were at College Works? What did your parents think? And did you know you were developing these skills that would be able to separate you from all the typical accountants, as you said before? Yeah, so um, I guess my friends, for the most part, you know, they supported me. They thought I was probably working a little too hard as a freshman. They didn't have internships, but um, they knew what I was doing was going to help me. So that was cool. Thankfully, my husband was really supportive. I mean, I remember one day just being down in the dumps and he drove me to go marketing. Now he would, he would never knock on a door for me. He's one of the shyest people in the world, but he got me breakfast while I was doing it. So that was cool. Um, I did have a lot of support from them. One of the hardest moments, I think, for me in terms of support was I remember over the summer I'd had a particularly bad day. I was staying the night at my grandparents because it was closer to my client's house. And um, I was just about ready to break down. And my grandparents have always been um, some of the people to push me the hardest to never quit, um, to never give up. And my grandma goes, you know, this might be too much. You know, you might want to quit this and no one would think anything, you know, badly of you. Like no one expects you to do this. And there we go again, you know, back to the expectations. No one expected me to do this, but I knew what I was learning because nothing in my life up to that point had been that hard. Um, but the thing is you're not learning when things aren't hard, you know? when I feel super comfortable doing something, I might be getting slightly better at it, but I'm not really learning, you know, I'm just exercising the skills I already have. But that summer when I was doing something that um, stressed me out, that <laughs> was harder than I'd ever done before, I was learning a lot. So that was cool. Wow. And uh, uh, have you talked to your grandmother about that uh, discussion she had with you since then? Um, maybe not that specific one, but my grandma saw me work at College Works for uh, a couple years on and off afterwards, and she knows how much it did for me. She sees me in the job I have now and uh, knows I have it pretty good. So, so I didn't mention this uh, when we were talking about you uh, being married to your high school sweetheart, who you dated for four years in high school and I guess four and a half years in college and then married after college, right? Uh, I actually married him while I was in college still. So we got married when I was 21. All right. So I don't know if you know this, but my wife, Jill, 
uh, was my brother's high school sweetheart, <laughs> which is <pretty> funny, <laughs> but only dated for six months. And uh, we started dating when she was in college and we got married the September after she graduated. Uh, okay. I have a similar background and she did college works too. And oh, nice. I know that had she not succeeded in college works, I probably wouldn't have married her. It was like a, you know, it was a <laughs> proving ground to, to ourselves that we were going to be able to do these things and be excellent. And I mean, she, she tried to quit 15 times. She had $2,000 booked on May 1st. And it was a, a disaster. And then she ended up being the best manager. Uh, interesting that your boyfriend was so supportive. I wonder if it gave him a lot of confidence in you that he could see you doing all this and uh, it helped him have the confidence to pop the question. That's a question for him. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> uh, interesting. Uh, and congratulations again on your daughter. Uh, I think that's Thank fantastic. You. We'll have to have her on our podcast one of these days. <laughs> so back to back to college because there's a lot there, right? You're you're working really hard. You're staying at grandma's house instead of going home, probably not seeing people you wanted to see. There's some sacrifices there. So think back to you know where you're where you are professionally, where you are in your personal life too. What sacrifices have you made that you would never regret, and you would encourage your young self to take? Yeah. So um, I guess sacrifices that I've made just all throughout high school and college, um, doing different internships and jobs. Um, I think I sacrificed a lot. Um, but I got so good at time management that I made it work. So I guess sacrifices that I made that I would never regret. I did sacrifice a lot of time that I could have been spending with my boyfriend or my friends or my family. You know, my boyfriend went to, or my husband now, but my boyfriend at the time went to Northwestern. So he lived three and a half hours away from me. And, and we only saw each other every two or three weekends. And that weekend I worked. I mean, I didn't take it off because he was coming home. Um, you know, I hung out with him at night, but I don't regret that because, uh, first of all, like you said, he saw how hard I was working. He knew that I was going to be excellent later in life. Um, but it made me excellent. And even if, I guess, if he had broken up with me because we weren't spending enough time together, um, then I don't know, I wouldn't have wanted to marry him probably. So. Um, in terms of would I encourage someone younger to take or my young self to take, um, I would encourage you to give up some of those parties or some of the typical college student things. I think you can manage a lot. I think you can still have a great social life and do, um, I guess, a lot of the stuff. But uh, I think you have to sacrifice some of it to get where you want to be. That you can't spend a hundred percent of your time partying in college, or you're going to be doing that for a long time after college because you won't have a job. Right. Same thing with sleep. I mean, I know a lot of college students who slept in until 2 PM on Saturdays. That's fine, I guess. But like I got six to eight hours of sleep, which was plenty and was able to wake up work from eight to two. And that was putting me, you know, eight to nine, nine, 10, 10, 11, 11, 12, total one, one, two, cut that part out. Um, six hours every, every day of the weekend ahead of my peers. Um, so every weekend I was gaining 12 hours capitalizing on the time that my peers were asleep. 
So that's funny. I, I do these, I, I record these podcasts and they bring back my memories, right? And I remember I had this horrible Subaru, this beat up paint job was so cracked. I think the paint was peeling off of it and I had no money. So I would go do my work on Saturday morning and then I'd come back to my college apartment for lunch and my lunch was potatoes because that's all I could afford. <laughs> and the guys across the street would just heckle me. Stewie, why are you working so hard? Stewie. And I think back to that, why was I working so hard? One, my parents always made me work. So there was that. Two, I had no money. So there was that. <laughs> um, but three, I think it was the expectations of, of myself that I just knew I needed to, like you're saying, do more than them. I had my, I didn't know where my path was going. I was going to be a lawyer, but I knew it was going up and I just needed to keep doing things to go up. I just balanced. I looked back at, I was balanced. I, I went out every Friday and Saturday night for every week I was in college and I figured it out like halfway through my sophomore year. Wait a second. I've gone out every Friday and Saturday night since I moved to Santa Barbara. <laughs> and it was a goal of mine to maintain that. But yeah. I also had a business and I also had an income. And I also, uh, also, 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 instead of the or mentality that some people had, I have to hang out with my boyfriend or work. I have to work or be with my friends. You were able to have your cake and eat it too and change that to and. I'm going to work and hang out with my boyfriend. You brought him to work one day. What a great, <laughs> what a great solution that is. Instead of I'm going to stay all day and ditch work, I want the and experience. That's great. So I want to, I want to dig back into this 20-year-old Marissa. I think about this, you know, we're lucky, right? You know, you try these different things and you don't know if it's going to work out or not. Your grandma's saying, hey, you should quit. Should I quit or not? I was in the same boat. I was quitting one day and that was the day I booked my first job. So I unquit. <laughs> what, what advice, if you could, this has all been advice for, your, uh, for 20 year old selves out there. But if you were looking at just particularly you, what advice would you have for yourself as you're in that middle college age, looking back, you're just glad you did, or you wish someone had told you, what would you want to tell yourself to just ensure you got over that edge of excellence and you ended up where you are today? Yeah. So, um, I think this ties in. So the point where I realized I had really gone over that edge of excellence um, was when I was sitting in my junior year internship interview with Caterpillar. And um, I was talking about my freshman and sophomore year internships. Oh, yeah, I managed a painting business. I actually hired and managed my own employees. I got clients to trust me, um, ran several figure, several thousands of dollars of business. Um, as a 18, 19, 20 year old in college. And I remember that interviewer's jaw dropping literally and going, you did that? Like just didn't know whether to believe me or not because it was so far past what everyone else was doing. And I said, yeah, I did that. Actually, one of your recruiters, I painted his house. Go ask him how I did. And that was just a, such a cool feeling. I remember, um, he called me back. Actually, the recruiter called me back. And I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but oh, whatever. Um, they called me back and they said, Marissa, we would love to have you. You're our number one choice. Please come to an internship with Caterpillar. And so um, if I could give advice to myself back when I was making those decisions as a freshman or sophomore about whether to keep pushing, about whether I was doing the right thing, I think I would say 
just look at what your peers are doing and realize that uh, you're going to have to do more than them to get where you want to be. Think about what can put you ahead. Um, because if they are also doing it, then you're still on a level playing field. So. And you talk about the pools changing. You're in high school, you've got a small pool. Um, I kind of get the feeling from you that you're, you're constantly trying to put yourself in the biggest pool. So someone could be at in college looking around at their peers, but maybe that's not the exact group to be looking at. They need to be looking at all of the peers and all of the schools everywhere and figuring out how am I going to separate myself? Had to do it to get into college. How am I going to keep doing it? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there was ISU for sure. But then, um, you know, for a job at Caterpillar, for the job I wanted at Caterpillar, I was also competing against the accounting students at U of I, Bradley um, schools in Chicago. And so uh, it definitely goes above just looking at what the peers around you are doing and and stretching that pool further. Well, that's great. So at Our listeners are looking around trying to figure out what pool they're in, what the next biggest pool is. They're looking around trying to figure out what skills do I need for this job that I want that I don't even really know that I need yet. I love the uh, you're not learning when it's not hard. So I think today you've given some great advice. And I really hope a lot of accountants, people that want to go into accounting, listen to this. Because this is the stuff that people talk about in accounting classes. They talk about being the numbers person. If you want to move out of that, you know, entry level position, you're going to need some other skills and you're going to need to find a way to to change yourself. College works for you. College works for me, but not for everybody. There's other things out there that you can find and use to. There's other things out there that you can find and use to evolve yourself. I had to pause because my computer will not stop beeping. So whenever I pause, (laughs) I know they're going to edit that out. All right. Well, uh, Marissa, thank you so much for making time today away from your husband, away from your work, to share your insight. Looking forward to your travel blog. And uh, we can all find that uh, by going to your Instagram account, right? Yeah. Yeah. Have people come to my Instagram account. And if there's any um, flourishing accountants or people that want to know more about the career, they can reach out to me on LinkedIn as well. So just look up my name. Should be pretty. Have, have you all Caterpillar hired uh, many CollegeWorks alumni since uh, you started working there? So I am not sure about that. Actually, um, what's kind of funny that you say that I just took a role um, or an extra role at my job to become the head of ISU accounting recruiting. So now I would say I have a little more say in that, and um, I definitely would highly consider CollegeWorks students or people that have put themselves above what everyone else is doing for those jobs. People on the edge of excellence. Wow. Well, thank you very much, like I said, for making time. Um, I do really appreciate all that you do for college kids. I do notice that when I show up at different trainings, I might see you there consistently. I do hear that you take time to talk to people. Um, I don't know how many times you volunteer to help random college students out, but I've personally seen it quite a few times. So thank you very much for doing that again with us today. Yeah, no problem. It was fun. Thanks, Matt. I hope you enjoyed that episode today on the Edge of Excellence podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to this. 
If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this exact episode with them. This show exists to showcase what is possible when young leaders are willing to step out of their comfort zone and choose to excel in their lives. To learn more about our internship for young and ambitious students, www.oneinternship.com podcast to see if it's something that makes sense for you. Once again, it is www.oneinternship.com podcast. Let this be a reminder for you to live on the edge of excellence in your business and life. See you next time.